Hello again, welcome. This is On Mike with Jordan Rich. Great to have you aboard. Today, a wonderful guest and old friend joining me, Dr. Santo J. Aurelio. He and I have had a long friendship with most of our get-togethers happening uh, well after midnight on WBZ, my late-night radio show. Santo is, among many other things, a grammarian and a lover of the English language. He's a graduate of Harvard Business School with a Doctor of Education from Boston University. We used to invite callers to talk about the language, particularly what drove them crazy, and boy, did we have a lot of fun with that. Dr. Aurelio is the author of a wonderful reference resource, a book called How to Say It and Write It Correctly Now. It really is the ultimate reference guide to grammar, punctuation, spelling, and a whole lot more. So let's talk about some of my pet peeves, and you can think about some of yours as we welcome an old friend, a great friend, to On Mike, Dr. Santo Aurelio. Santo, it is absolutely wonderful to see you again and to be with you again. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. Nice to talk to you again. Well, we're talking, uh, of course, as most people talk today, from different locations. I'm in my studio. You're at home in your beautiful office. We used to do it in studio all the time. How many appearances do you think you made with me on the late night show? Uh, I think it was around 30 or 31. (laughs) That's a mucho a lot. (laughs) You're like Johnny Carson used to have guests that would show up. David Brenner, people like that would show up 40, 50 times. You were that kind of guest. But the reason you were so wonderfully popular is because the topic and the way you develop the topic of language and English and grammar is so interesting to so many people. First of all, tell everybody uh, what you're doing these days. I know that COVID has interrupted everybody's flow, but you've been on the lecture circuit for a long time talking about this stuff. Yeah, I was lucky enough to, uh, frankly, be invited to uh, 28 or 29 states by Mm. various court reporting organizations to talk about English grammar, uh, medical terms, uh, legal terms. I had a lot of fun doing it. I like to research, and frankly, I like to talk, especially at the end of my lectures. They would ask questions, and uh, I could help them when they do their transcripts. What kind of skill sets does one need to be a good court reporter? Well, you should have excellent hearing, and uh, mm-hmm. be extremely good with uh, English grammar and spelling, which is quite difficult. And uh, the hard part of it is the uh, speed. It's very, very easy to learn. One can learn it, I think, in a few weeks. But it takes a year, year and a half, even two years to get the speed necessary because many people speak rather quickly and even slur their words. And uh, so a court reporter has to get all of that and then later transcribe it with the correct pronunciation and spelling so that somebody, a judge, any appellate authority, lawyers, defendants, anybody can read it. And it's a big responsibility. It's a big challenge. And I think it's a very exciting, and I've been doing it for many years, I love court reporting and court reporters. Now, the question is, with all the technology available, why isn't it just recorded through the courtroom, whatever's going on, do you think? Well, for one thing, uh, many times a witness has asked a question like, uh, uh, do you still live in Boston? And the person will nod. Well, a nod doesn't show on a transcript. It would have to be typed in that the witness nodded. And many times the witness will point. And it doesn't make sense in the transcript uh, if you don't have in that the person pointed. Makes makes sense. And many times the person will slur his or her words, and you really don't know what that person said. In a courtroom setting or a deposition room setting, a sentient reporter uh, would say, excuse me, what word did you just say? Ah, gotcha. And uh, whereas 
this uh, business of a machine, it really doesn't work. I remember sometimes we had a case a long time ago and the Chief Justice of the Superior Court asked me to type a transcript from a tape that was taken in court. And I tried. I had very, very nice hi-fi equipment. I could not deliver a decent transcript because Hmm. the words were jumbled. I mean, you know, I can type anything that I understand. Hmm. But if I don't understand the words... Never mind people who speak with an accent, which is quite difficult. And uh, But that's what a court, report, a court reporter has to deal with every day. The accents, people who speak too fast or even too slowly, and people who slur their words. It's quite a difficult job, I think, very challenging. But it's nice when you do a correct job and you do the transcript and you turn it in to the person who hired you. But a machine cannot do that. You must have a human. I... And this is why they have closed captioning, as you know on TV. Well, it, it makes great sense the way you describe that. It makes perfect sense. And I, I never even thought about the likelihood that uh, things would happen and the court reporter would say, please repeat that. Or you would ob- obviously direct people to what's going on visually uh, that, you know, there's not a camera in every angle taking pictures. It's not allowed. So I think that makes great sense. Let's talk a little bit about the work you've done as a teacher for so many years. I, I bow to you as the, the teacher of English I wish I had had when I was in school. What's evolved and changed in our, say, last couple of decades in terms of language? It seems as though with the shortcuts people take, texting and messaging and emojis and all this nonsense, we have downgraded respect for the language. There has been a a marked diminution in people speaking correctly and writing correctly. And uh, because uh, because of the texting, the instant messaging and Mm. things like that, they're just not writing the way they did before. And the teachers, I think, in school are not pushing that. In fact, I understand some teachers saying when they want the, the children or the students to write, they say, just write. You don't, you don't have to worry about the spelling. Just, just put that down. Don't, don't worry about the punctuation. Just get <laughs> in the idea. Right, but right. My God, you have to. In fact, I just wrote an article for my national magazine, and I put in there the importance of punctuation, and I, I used one sentence. I said, consider this sentence, how important it is. And then I mentioned eight words. Don't shoot Bill until I tell you to. Well, let's see now. If you don't put in punctuation, then I'm advising a person not to uh, shoot at somebody whose name is Bill. If I put in a comma like this, don't shoot, comma, Bill, comma, until I uh, tell you to. Right. (laughs) uh, Then now I'm uh, talking to Mr. I'm talking to Bill. And I'm asking him not to shoot the other person. Very, very important. Well, life and death in that I've case. I've had many murder cases. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. It, it Proper use of punctuation. And it's really a shame because all of this is available to us. The language has it all available. Granted, it's a little tricky in some cases, but people are not using what's there anymore, it seems. A lot of people are getting mixed up now between lead and led. Mm. I would like, frankly, uh, Jordan, to lead a parade tomorrow. So that's L-E-A-D. In fact, I led a parade last year, L-E-D. And a lot of people, including authors of best-selling books, are spelling it L-E-A-D. Instead, 
they're using the present tense there when they shouldn't. They should use the past tense, and the past tense is LED. So I am going. I would like to lead a parade. Present tense LED. Uh, yesterday I led a parade. Well, that'll be the past tense. So that's LED. They're making a big error on that. And I saw it again in the Globe magazine, uh, Globe newspaper yesterday. Oh, and uh, also breathe and breath. Oh yes, that's. I mean, I like to breathe uh, every few seconds, and it's good to have a good, nice, solid breath and people are getting the verb mixed up with the uh the noun and uh, i don't know why well do you remember all, a big one. so many of those nights when santa would come in for two hours at midnight and we would take phone calls and they would come one after another with what we called pet peeves and people would call in with okay the then and the than overusing certain words the the crutch words like and you know and then certainly the spelling <laughs> what were some of those that stand out to you that people used to call in about the then and the then. And I remember I once uh, told uh, uh, one of the people who called in that it should be uh, then, T-H-A-N, if they're using the comparative. Like, for instance, I am taller than uh, Bill. So it's comparing. Right. Uh, then. And now comparing. And comparing has the letter A in it, by the way. And the word then has the letter A in it also. As opposed to if you're talking about time, and time is spelled T-I-M-E. And let me see, if you're going to use the word then, that word, that then is spelled T-H-E-N. So if you're talking about time, you're talking about T-H-E-N. If you're talking about comparison, then it's T-H-A-N. And by the way, I found that error in the Boston Globe today you ought to be the you ought to be the ombudsman (laughs) i mean how many times can i if i call up or anything like that they think i'm an idiot oh yeah yeah well i don't (laughs) think that i think you're the you're the best in the business here's one that i've been hearing a lot of lately it's driving me crazy the the misuse of the terms fewer and less oh yes that's an interesting one yes uh, yeah i have fewer opportunities than i had yesterday Oh, I love this one. I could care less. Drives me bananas. <laughs> I could not of care course. less, of course. But, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and I, but I have less of a chance of enjoying those opportunities today. How's that? That's right. Instead of a few of a chance. That's right, true. Right. We're, we're so used to hearing things over and over again that they become acceptable, which drives me crazy. And Absolutely. You... That is true. And that's, a, that, that's, I think, what happened with the lead and lead and the breath and breathe. And uh, as far as the fewer and less, I I did make a point on that when I wrote about it uh, before. The word fewer refers to numbers, whereas less refers to quantity. And I have a couple of examples here that I used in the past that are kind of interesting. I work fewer days. Uh, I have a friend named Ed. Ed earns uh, uh, less money. Mm. Instead, imagine if I said... Ed earns fewer money. I mean, it does sound sound wrong. Because it would be uh, wrong. (laughs) Sometimes it seems so foolish that people use the correct word. But as I say, basically, fewer refers to numbers, less the quantity. And by the way, there are so many of these words that that can confuse people. And uh, of course, most people use the word homonyms if it's the same thing, like the maid made the bed. Yes. Uh, but then there's a, some that are very confusing, and I call it a pseudo, a false uh, homonym, a pseudo homonym, uh, rack and rack, even raise and raise. It, 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 there's so many, <laughs> uh, even depending on, on the spelling. I understand if you're going to spell X-ray, 
It really should be. I took. I had an X ray taken yesterday. It should be small X space R A Y. And I also read the X ray report after that. Now that's X hyphen R A Y because it's used in adjectivally. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, again, I, I can be very, very technical because uh, I, I guess I'm a purist. I don't make the rules, but I follow every one of them, Jordan. <laughs> I know you do, and uh, I'm looking at your office, just adorned with books, and many oh, of them yeah, of yours. Books. And by the way, I've been reading so much because I, I give away a lot of books. Yes. And I haven't given away any books for the last uh, two months, and I have something like 60 or 65 hardbound and books that I have to give away now. <laughs> I like to give away my books. All right. Well, we don't have a swap shop here on the podcast yet, but <laughs> if I develop one, I'll let you know. So we're talking about grammar and, and the English language, and obviously the English language, it morphs and changes as do a lot of things. And there are words that are added to the dictionary every year, and there's a panel of people who decide what words should be added. But there are still certain rules that should be in place. What would you consider the top three rules for people if they want to present themselves in a more cogent fashion and be respectable in print? What should they keep in mind, Santo? Well, I think they should use words that other people understand. A lot of people do not understand and get mixed up with words like sign on. I'm going to sign on that uh, contractor tomorrow because they're also using the word sign off as the same thing. Well, that's confusing. Mm. Because if you sign on, that means you agree to the contract, but the opposite of that is sign off. And yet people <laughs> say they sign off and they would actually sign the contract. And it's extremely confusing to me. I don't think people should make up words. Now, there are some new words that I have heard re recently, like woke, W-O-K-E. Yes. I always thought that had to do with sleeping or waking <laughs> up. But uh, there's another word that... Uh, existential. So so many people use that word when actually I would use, because uh, I write a lot, I would use something simple that people can understand quickly, like existing. And I, I don't want to use existential as if I'm using something way up there. Well, you wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Word. I don't use that. Wouldn't you agree that people sometimes think that uh, this sounds like a really impressive word. If I throw it around enough, people will really start to respect me more. Reader's Digest used to be the place you'd get the the uh, vocabulary words once a month. And then, and then when people mispronounce something that is absolutely wrong and do it consistently, and, and you know one of my pet peeves is the et cetera, et cetera deal, where I have this, this, and this, et cetera. Well, it's not et cetera. It's E-T- space, cetera, C-E-T-E-R-A. It's Latin. And that brings me to the question about Latin, the fact that we don't teach that or don't even explore that. Is that one of the reasons you think that the language is, is uh, suffering? I think that's part of it because Latin and Greek, uh, there's 175 Latin and Greek roots I once researched, and that comprises the foundation of the English language. Imagine mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. 175 Latin and Greek roots. If one knows that, there's so many things you know, like... Uh, like take the word pseudo, P-S-E-U-D-O. Okay, we know that means fake or substitute. You know, uh, the word phil, P-H-I-L. Well, we know that means love. And there's so many words that you can think and know from that. Take the word card. Almost everybody knows what C-A-R-D means, heart. I once looked at a big fat, I got big fat medical books and legal books and all kinds of books at home. Uh, if you look, and I once found something like 200 words in my medical book 
with the word card. Sometimes the word card or the letters C-R-D would be at the beginning of the word, like like cardiac. Mm. But sometimes it would be hidden inside. For instance, my my wife this morning had an echo cardiogram. It's all one word, <laughs> echo cardiogram. Well, so card hidden. Now, even if one doesn't know anything at all about what the word echo cardiogram means, he or she knows. Oh, that must have something to do with the heart. Yes, I think the, the I, I love these words. The roots of words makes understanding words and developing a better vocabulary so much easier. And I'm still doing my crossword puzzles like crazy. It's a habit I can't control. But without my knowledge of basic root words, I wouldn't be as adept. I wouldn't do it in pen. I'd only do it in pencil. <laughs> I have to be very careful. But let's go back to some of those things that that drive us crazy because I I'm an amateur Santo here. I really love language. I don't have any of the expertise you have nearly. But uh, there are so many things that people do. Making up words like the famous one, irregardless. <laughs> I love when they say those crazy things. Sometimes a lawyer would say that, and uh, the judge would. Uh, I, I worked with one judge who had that John Belushi ability to raise one eyebrow <laughs> and look at me because he. He knows that I'm uh, quite concerned with those words, and uh, they say irregardless. And uh, I even had one lawyer. Luckily, I only had one lawyer like that who would ask questions like, "Was you there on that night?" So- Was you there? <laughs> hey, let me ask you this: What do you think? And and without getting too political here, but what do you think of the uh, use of pronouns in a whole new way with? Uh, obviously, people transitioning from one sex to another. Now we have to refer to people as they. An indiv- How can you refer to a singular individual as a they? You're, you are absolutely <laughs> correct, and I am 100% opposed to that. If you say that John fell down, he hurt his knee, you can't say John fell down, they hurt his knee. What are you talking about? They is a plural pronoun. You why, not, why not create just a new word if you're going to do that, right? No, I just, right, it just doesn't make sense to me. There's nothing wrong with that. I read a certain newspaper, and they like to do that, and they put that in, and I read it, and I'm very, very technical, and I don't know who was hurt and who fell down and who just what, because they say they. (laughs) And there were two people in the car, and I'm not sure who got injured, because they're, they're using they instead of, it's very confusing. Two people in the car, one person died, and they say they uh, died. Well, they can't. There's only one person died. It's just, no, it's unnecessary. It's silly. Who thought that one up? I don't know. Why it has uh, people using it now, I don't know. But uh, I really hate that. And well, I'm 100% opposed to Pronouns are beautiful things, and I really respect pronouns. And uh, you and I used to talk about this, the idea of objectifying pronouns and making them things instead of individual humans, applying the word that instead of who. He that ate the apple was full. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm trying. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. it be he who ate the apple was full? Uh, yes. If you or am I being a real that. stickler as I used to be in the old days? No, world. no, no. Uh, I, uh, I uh, had a part in, uh, in something that I wrote some time ago, and I said that uh, that which who, and uh, I mentioned that, that that when I talked about the that which who, that it depends on exactly what you're talking about. If you're talking about, for instance, 
And by the way, I have about 50 or 55 English grammar books at home because I like to read all that stuff. That, I, I wrote, refers to persons, things, or animals. So it could be a person. The fellow that I saw yesterday uh, broke his leg. So that's okay. Or I could talk about a thing. The desk that I bought yesterday was much too expensive. Or the animal. The dog that I saw this morning uh, is a very large dog. Okay, that's for the word that. As for the word which, which refers just to things or animals. The desk which I bought yesterday uh, is very large. The, the dog that I saw in the pound yesterday is a very nice dog. So that's a which refers to things or animals. So, so to repeat. So that. that refer, yeah, that refers to persons, things or animals. Okay. Which refers to things or animals, but not persons. But who, W-H-O, ha, ah, that's special. That's so special, it just refers to a person. I certainly am not going to say the desk who I bought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you explained that because I still will hold that I will not use the word that if possible in writing anyway when I'm referring to a person. <laughs> I, I prefer to give that person the respect of a who or a he Absolutely, or a she. yes, and I do too. <laughs> and, uh, and I certainly am not going to talk about the dog who I bought yesterday, right, right, you... <laughs> or, or even the whom I bought. If I'm going to use correct, you know, the who and the whom, which is extremely difficult. It is so difficult. Uh, people just use anything they want, and the who and the whom. So, what is the rule? Just since we're doing this, and it'll live forever online. What is the who and whom rule, once and for all? I think when I wrote uh, that book some time ago, I had to give that a whole page of uh, instruction because. That really is very difficult, <laughs> but I but I have a nice way to, to help people on that. Yes. I, I wrote in my book, and I even underlined it because I thought it was so important. It may be helpful to substitute he for who and him for whom. And notice the way you spell him is H-I-M, and you spell whom, W-H-O-M. So you still get the, you know, the double, what mm -hmm. I call the double M. So the objective case, you know, that gets rather involving. To whom would you like to speak? Mm. You know, and most people say, to who do you want to talk to? You know, mm. <laughs> or who do you want to talk to? Well, basically, it's to whom do you want to speak? But uh, because once you use the, the, the T-O, the preposition, you have to use objective case. But that's so confusing to most people, they just forget about it. And they use who and whom when they should be using who. They use whom, and it sounds so f awkward and so fun, and it, plus it's wrong. And I was talking to somebody, and she asked me, hey, which is correct, between you and I or between you and me? <laughs> and I said, well, here's the deal, and I'll, I'll give you the technical word uh, explanation I said to her. I said, between is a preposition, so therefore you have to use the objective case. And uh, me is in the objective case, whereas I is in the normative case or the naming case, like you start a sentence with, I am going to the show, right. instead of right. me am going to the show. So she said, that's it? I says, yeah. And she says, you know what? I still like between you and I. <laughs> so that's it. So a person is with... going to do what he or she wants. Right. Or what uh, him and her wants, you know, that we can always say that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's okay if you're, you know, four or five years old, you say, me want ice cream. Oh, that's kind of cute. 
But you got a little bit older. <laughs> Better use the nominative case. Well, if you know, if you just end up remembering the nominative and the objective usage of words, you'll be a whole lot better than much of the population, I think. But one more, one more thing, and that's spelling. Uh, because of spell check, which people lean on and rely on, and I do too. I mean, let's face it, I do a lot of writing. Sure. But because of spell check, have you seen a deterioration in spelling skills over the years? I, I think so because. People just don't want to look up the dictionary anymore, and I do. I, uh, in my writing, I use certain words, and spell check questions the spelling. I know that I'm right, so spell check, frankly, is wrong. Why? Because people made up that 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 uh, program, and they did not know that there were certain words that are okay to use. And uh, so, but I have no problem because I know. Th- what I'm doing when I'm spelling, and if spell check says I do not understand this, do not recognize it, well, that's too bad for spell check. Well, spell check hasn't figured out the pseudo homonym world that you have. Well, yeah, I believe I believe that's true. You have a remarkable ability to make this fun for me, anyway, and I know for a lot of other people, you you entertained our audiences for years. And uh, it's so nice to see you're doing what you're doing, despite the fact that we're all sort of shuttered because of what's going on, uh, you're able to reach out. So you, you invite people to write you with questions or comments about grammar and English. So what sure. would be the best email address if that's the case, Santo? Well, it's S as in Sam, J as in Joe, and then my last name. And my last name is a really one that's spelled A-U-R-E-L-I-O at Comcast.net. So the whole affair is S J. Aurelio at Comcast.net. Diction is superb. <laughs> your enunciation and your diction, superb. Yours is. That's, that's, that's <laughs> what I uh, would like to, that's what I aspire to. Well, I, uh, I'm so glad that we reconnected here to just catch up a little bit and share a few tidbits and get together. And uh, language is, is a living thing, isn't it, Santo? It breathes. For me, it is. And I love it. I've loved it even as a little kid. So to me, this is not a job. It's a like and a love. I I really like to do it. I do it all the time. I know that. And people are very grateful. And uh, and you've done so much, not only in the court reporting world, but in the general world in terms of lectures and, and uh, teaching and so forth. So thank you for that. And uh, I just hope you just keep going on and on and pretty soon get a chance to go back to Italy and Europe and places like that. <laughs> Right. You were talking before about the the shuttering in, you know, because of this Mm COVID-19 business. I frankly shudder at the shuttering. (laughs) (laughs) And you didn't stutter when you said shudder or shutter. Well done. (laughs) Santo Aurelio, thank you, my good friend. It's always a pleasure. Thank you very, very much for everything. My thanks again to the wonderful Dr. Santo J. Aurelio, his book, How to Say It and Write It Correctly Now. And he's still very active protecting our language. And I appreciate that. Consider him a lifelong friend. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you gave us a five-star review and passed it along to friends to subscribe as well. Special thanks to Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media and my number one partner in crime, Ken Carberry of Chart Productions. Jordan Rich saying, as always, and you'll pardon my loose use of grammar, be well so you can do good. Take care.